Yes, Legends, how is it going? I cannot believe it's the 18th of September and I had a quick Google how many days it is until Christmas and it's 95 days until Christmas. I don't know about you, but as soon as like summer's over, I pretty much start thinking about Christmas straight away. I don't even really consider Halloween because uh, long story short, my parents didn't really like us going trick-or-treating. They were basically saying... You can go trick-or-treating if you like, but you might not come back. There's like murderers, there's bad people out there. <laughs> so that kind of always put me and my sister off knocking on strangers' houses. So I don't really uh, do much for Halloween. So my next kind of like focus is Christmas. And I cannot believe it's 95 days until Christmas. And it's, it's mad. I've noticed the last couple of weeks I've gone from wearing shorts and T-shirt and just chilling in the evening to putting on a hoodie, uh, to putting on a blanket. And I'm probably the only person in the world that does this or one of the very few. But I also wear like tracksuit pants and then put my socks over the top of the bottoms of my tracksuit pants just because it makes me feel a little bit more snug. But anyway, probably a little bit too much information there, but it's definitely getting colder and it's actually not too far away from Christmas. So with that said, I think it's an important opportunity for us all to stop and think, how do we want to feel going into Christmas? September, October, November, December, it's darker, it's colder, um, it can be quite hard to get motivated when we're waking up and it's dark, we come home from work at you know four or five o'clock in the evening and it's dark, it can be quite difficult to get motivated, but at the same time I also think it's a really good opportunity where for most people not many things kick off during those months, it's usually quite quiet, December obviously it starts to get busy with Christmas parties, the build up to Christmas etc, but I think you know September, October, November for a lot of people is a great opportunity to have a project to work on themselves to go to the gym to start getting fitter most people will wait until January and they will go into Christmas feeling tired sluggish bloated not feeling good telling themselves that January is going to be the time that they start to change and how many people do that and end up in square one sorry end up back to square one every single year you know this is why the diet culture is, is so big so ask yourself the question where do you want to be in 95 days from today because the reality is that you could either be the same as what you are now and if you're happy that's totally cool you could go backwards and end up in a worse position feel a lot worse than what you do now which is what a lot of people will do or you could actually feel 10 times better you know imagine walking around in three months time weighing six to ten kilos lighter having a bigger chest, having a bigger pair of arms, shoulders, back, going into Christmas feeling confident, having energy for your family and setting yourself up for 2024. We have a choice, all of us right now, as to what path we stay on. We either stick on the same path, we go backwards or we go forwards. That's the choice that you have. And most of the clients that I coach over a 90 day period drop between six to 10 kilos. And I thought it would be a great opportunity in this episode to share the exact system that I use with my clients to help them drop six to 10 kilos. So we're going to be talking about everything. We're going to talk about training, nutrition, some of the extra stuff that I focus on. And um, so yeah, let's dive in guys. So first of all, like we've got to set ourselves a goal. We've got to say, right, how do you want to look? How do you want to feel in three months time? And we've got to imagine us achieving that goal. So imagine it's coming up to Christmas. We're going out for a work party. We're putting on a shirt. We're putting on our jeans. We're putting on our shoes. How do you want to feel? We want to feel good, right? In our own skin. We want to feel confident. It would be nice to look at ourselves in the mirror and think, you know what? I'm really proud of the work that I've done over these last three months. It'd be nice to go to these parties and have a compliment from a colleague or have a compliment from a friend or your partner, your wife, whoever it may be. 
Imagine how good that will feel. Imagine waking up with clarity, with focus, having energy. Imagine being more productive at work. Imagine being happier and healthier with your kids and just feeling better. At the end of the day, it's not just about looking good. It's about feeling good. Life it's not about just existing, it's about living life to your fullest and how can you do that if you're not in a healthy place? So first of all, we've got to imagine what it would feel like to achieve the outcome. Now in terms of like how that looks, let's first of all, let's dive into trading. The way that I'm going to do this episode is break it down to three different segments. We've got the trading side of things, the nutrition side of things, and then some extra bonus tips which I want to share with you. So with the training, in order for us to drop 6 to 10 kilos of body fat, and it's not just dropping the body fat, we also want to have a good physique at the end of it. So what we need to do is we need to be training 3 to 5 times per week. You can train twice a week. There's a couple of guys that I coach that train twice a week, but generally speaking, 3 to 5 times per week, we need to commit to 3 to 5 sessions, 30 to 45 minutes. Now, if you're training three days a week, you're going to be best doing full body sessions. If you're training four times per week, which I would probably say is the ideal, that's the amount of times that I pretty much train. That's the times that most of our best clients do four sessions a week. If you train four times per week, I would recommend something like a push, pull, leg and upper body split. Or two upper body sessions, two lower body sessions, something like that. If you can do five sessions a week, and just one thing I wanted to point out, guys, sometimes more isn't always better. We've got to understand, are you able to recover from five sessions? And can you actually commit consistently to five sessions? And if the answer is no, then that's cool. I, I don't believe I can commit to five sessions without my tiredness being affected, my work performance being affected, and me feeling absolutely shattered at the weekend for my kids. So this is why four sessions for me is, is perfect. And for most of my clients, three to four sessions per week is plenty. I've got a couple of younger guys who don't have the same level of commitments and they can you know, just chill a little bit at the weekend. So five sessions for them is great. So if you were to do five sessions, you could maybe add in like an extra arm session, a bit of a luxury session, um, or hit your legs or hit a weaker muscle group a couple of times. So three to five sessions per week, and depending on how many times you train will depend on what type of training split is going to be best for you. Those are the type of splits that I give my clients. In terms of exercises, so obviously... This is just going to be quite general because when somebody comes on board with me, I look at their physique and straight away I know, right, this is what we need to work on. We need to build out the chest. We need to strengthen the mid-back muscles. We need to bring out the side shoulders. But as a general rule of thumb, what we want to do is pick exercises that are going to give us the most bang for our buck and hit large surface areas. So, for example, you know, doing a bicep curl is great. It feels good. It's quite easy to do, but it's not going to build the same level of muscle compared to a pull-up, which is going to hit your biceps, it's going to hit your forearms, it's going to hit your upper back, your mid-back. It's going to hit so many different muscle groups. So we want to try and pick compound exercises that recruit large surface areas of the body. So for example, for your chest, you've got your presses like your bench press, your flat dumbbell press, your incline dumbbell press. For your back, you've got exercises like the deadlift, you've got your bent over rows, you've got your one arm rows, you've got your pull-ups. For your shoulders, you've got exercises like your shoulder presses, your barbell military presses. I'm also a big fan of doing side raises. I love side raises and also rear raises. I think they really cap off your shoulders and give you that kind of like broad shoulder look. For your biceps, stuff like chin-ups, for your triceps, they're going to get hit on a lot of your presses, like your shoulder presses, your bench presses, but you could add in some dips or maybe some close grip dumbbell presses. For your legs, obviously the Mac Daddy, 
stuff like squats, uh, split squats. All my clients hate split squats, but for me, they're the best leg exercise you could do. And if somebody said to me, Nick, what's one exercise you can do for your legs for the rest of your life and you can't do anything else, what would it be? It would be a split squat every day of the week. It's such a good exercise for your quads, for your glutes, for your balance. It's an amazing exercise. So you've got squats, you've got um, split squats for your legs, you've got hamstring deadlifts, um, RDLs, Romanian deadlifts for your hamstrings, and then for calves, any kind of um, calf raise, really. So they're kind of like the key exercises. And then when I program a client's sessions, I will pick the best ones based on their body composition, etc., etc. Another thing I want to share, and this is something that's often overlooked massively by people in the gym. If you go into a commercial gym and look around the gym, you'll see guys blasting out weights and usually lifting them quite heavy and quite fast. One of the best ways to build muscle and actually change your body shape is to actually slow down the speed of your reps. And my clients will tell you this, I'm always going on about slow down the speed of your reps, especially when you're lowering the weight. So say, for example, you're doing a bench press, you're lying back on the bench, you unwrap the bar, rather than just letting it drop to your chest and then bouncing it back up, take three to four seconds lowering the weight before pressing back up. And if you just take three to four seconds on the lowering part of each exercise, that's gonna create far more stress on the muscle. That's when you actually break down muscle tissue. That's when you create muscle soreness. And if you're wanting an aesthetic physique, which is what I want, which is what all the clients that come to me want, that's gonna be the best way to achieve an aesthetic physique. Because what we're trying to do is tear the muscle, then repair the muscle. And we're trying to create a muscle pump. We're not just training for strength like a power lifter. We're training a bit more like a bodybuilder, even though none of my clients or me want to be a bodybuilder. We're, we're applying that same principle, but in a slightly different way. So slowing down the speed of your reps is a great way to build more muscle, to burn more energy, and to change the shape of your physique. Another couple of things to help with the training side of it, track your workouts the guys that get the best results, they treat their bodies like they would run a business. They know the numbers. They know what they've got a set plan of action, which they follow every single week. They don't chop and change. They follow a set plan for eight to 12 weeks and they stick to it. They record the exercises, the sets, the reps. Another bonus tip for you guys, as well as once you've recorded each set, the reps, what weight you're lifting, at the end, rate the difficulty on a one to 10. So one, it was easy, you could do it all day. 10, it was really difficult, you're at your limit. Rate it on a one to 10 because when you come to do that workout again, the following week, you can look back, you can see the numbers that you lifted, you can see how easy or hard it was. And then you've got data then to allow you to say, right, actually this was like a six out of 10, so therefore I can definitely increase the reps or increase the weight. Because what we're trying to do is track and over time get better. Anybody who's following a program, should be stronger at the end of the eight to 12 weeks than when they started. And how do you know that if you're not tracking it? That the best guys in the business track the workouts. I have literally got um, pretty much a whole wardrobe full of gym diaries over the years because I track everything. I could look back five years ago and know exactly what I was doing with my training. So long story short, track your workouts, track it on your phone, track it in an app, or if you like me, old school, track it in a gym diary. For me, I like to keep tech and that kind of stuff separate because otherwise I'm checking messages and getting distracted. So a gym diary just helps me separate from technology and stops me from checking emails, etc. Also, plan out your workouts each week. The guys who get the best results, and one of the things that has underpinned my success from a physical standpoint is I train 
the same days every single week. There might be the odd occasion where I'm going on holiday or I get sick and things have to change, in which case I'll adapt. But 80% of the time, I know when I'm training, which for me right now is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. I've been doing that for a long, long time. So planning when you're going to train, put it into the diary because what gets put in the diary gets done and stick to those days. And if you can't, stick to those days you're traveling with work um, you've got a holiday coming up say on a Friday which means you might have to train back to back for four days that's cool like we've got to learn how to adapt as well we can't be too rigid but we do want to create structure and we do want to train the body for it to feel like this is part of your routine and we almost want to feel a little bit anxious if we're not sticking to that routine which is a good thing because it means that it's, it's embedded um, so that's just a little extra tip the other thing is like with, with a training point of view is try and hit a certain number of steps. Everybody says you've got to hit 10,000 steps and I think that's amazing. That's probably about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes worth of walking. But as long as you're, you're hitting probably six to 8,000 steps, that's a pretty good baseline. And also rather than just looking at it each day, look at it over the course of a week. So try and hit maybe 70,000 steps over the week. Now there might be a couple of days where you go lower, like 6,000, but then there might be a couple of days where you go higher, like 13 to 15,000. So always look at things over a week rather than a day to day. So they're just the, the, the things that I would focus on over the next 90 days to get my physique improved, to improve my performance in the gym and to improve my physique. So that's the training side covered. The nutrition side, this is hugely important. This is really what is going to dictate whether you drop body fat, whether you maintain or whether you gain weight. So first of all, I want to kind of tell you how I figure calories out for clients. So bear in mind that we're looking at fat loss in this episode and we're trying to drop 6 to 10 kilos in 90 days. We need to make sure that we're creating a calorie deficit. A calorie deficit is the only way that you're going to drop body fat. It's as simple as that. Calories and cash are exactly the same thing. If you spend more cash than you earn, you get in debt. If you eat more calories than your body needs, you gain weight. The flip side is... If you spend less cash than you earn, you become wealthier, you have more money. Same when it comes to calories. If you consume less calories than your body needs, your body will tap into the stored energy and it will burn it and break it down for body fat. So we need to create a calorie deficit and that is going to largely be determined by nutrition. The exercise will help, but... You know, most people might burn 300 to 500 calories in a workout. Say they do that four times a week. Yes, it's going to add up, but the big difference is the nutrition. So how do we figure out our calories on a fat loss phase? So what I typically do with a client, I will find out their weight. I will put it into pounds and then I will times it by 12. So let's say, for example, I've got a guy that comes to me. He weighs 200 pounds. What I will do is I'll pull out the calculator because I'm no Carol Vorderman. 200 times 12 equals 2,400 calories. So find out your weight in pounds and then times it by 12. And that's a pretty good baseline to get when it comes to setting your calories. And that's the amount of calories that you're going to try and hit each day. Then what I would do is times that by 7 so that you've got your calories for the week. And then you could either stick to 2,400 every single day or... You could have slightly higher days and then slightly lower days. Like for me on my training days, I tend to eat more calories and on my rest days, I tend to eat less calories. So as long as you're hitting that overall average for the week, 
that's 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 a good place to be. So first of all, we've got to figure out calories. The second thing we've got to look at is protein, because protein is what's going to help your body repair after a session. It's going to facilitate muscle growth, and it's going to keep you fuller for longer as well. Protein is, is key. The two most important things that I focus on with clients who are trying to drop body fat over the first 90 days is calories in and protein. So I would say protein, trying to hit a minimum of 150 grams a day. You can go slightly more than that, but ideally trying to hit 150 grams of protein a day and from good quality food, you know, whether that's meat, whether that's fish, you can top it up with protein and protein bars. For me personally, I find it really difficult to have 150 grams worth of protein like through natural meat. So I tend to eat about 60% of my protein target from natural food and then I top the rest up with like a grenade protein bar or a protein shake. So they're the, the, the two most important things, calories and protein. In terms of the systems that I use with clients, I typically will pick one of three systems and I will switch systems at different stages of a client's journey. So the three systems that I use, first of all, we've got a strict meal plan. The second thing we've got is a hybrid meal plan. And then the third thing we've got is a flexible meal plan. So let's talk about those in a bit more detail. A strict plan is where you're following the same food plan pretty much every single day. Or you might have like a training day meal plan and a non-training day meal plan. Now, this is designed based on foods that a client likes. So when a client jumps on board with me, they fill in a questionnaire and then I basically build a custom plan based on the food preferences, the lifestyle, etc. Now, the benefit of a strict plan is it gets phenomenal results. If results is the number one focus, the best thing to do is stick to a strict meal plan because you know that if you follow that meal plan, it's hitting the amount of calories that you need, it's hitting the protein that you need, all you have to do is weigh things out, stick to that food plan, you're going to get amazing results. The downside is obviously it lacks variety, it's probably not going to be the tastiest meal plan in the world. So we've got to weigh up what's more important results or enjoyment, variety, flexibility. So that's the strict plan which is the best plan in my opinion for results. The second plan is a hybrid plan. So that's where instead of like say having the same meal plan each day, you've got maybe three to five different choices for breakfast, three to five different choices for lunch, three to five for dinner, and maybe a couple of snack options as well. And what this does is it's still a strict framework, but it just gives you a bit more flexibility. So rather than having the same breakfast every day, you could choose between three to five different breakfasts. So that can be really good because that's kind of like a halfway point between the strict and the flexible plan, where you've actually still following you know, a framework and it's still tailored towards your calories and your protein goals, but it gives you a bit more options. And that, that's quite a popular plan that clients will uh, choose when we work together. Then at the opposite end of the spectrum, we've got the flexible plan. So this is this works really well, especially for guys that already have a good level of knowledge when it comes to nutrition. They've got pretty good healthy eating habits. And what we do here is we set them a calorie target for the week based on their body weight. We set them a protein target and then we look at how we're best going to cycle the calories. So I, are they better just having you know, say 2,400 calories a day, seven days a week, or are they going to be better, say, having 2,000 calories a day, Monday through to Friday, banking 400 extra calories a day, times that by, say, five, that means you've got, you know, an extra 2,000 calories to add on top of your weekends, and then having a bit more food at the weekends, or do we put higher calories on training days, lower calories on rest days, there's lots of different ways to spread it out, but what we've got to do is look at it over the course of a week, as opposed to doing it on each day. So that's how I program things with nutrition. So that's what we're going to look at is like what 
do you want to do? Do you want to do the strict hybrid or the flexible plan? And then it's about building a plan that hits the calorie targets that you need to drop body fat and then also hits the protein targets that you need to build muscle to recover and also to sustain a certain level of energy because when you're in a calorie deficit energy is lower so you want to make sure that the food that you put into the body is really high quality and that leads me to my final point with the nutrition so many people they focus on calories and protein which is really important but if you're filling your calories full of pizza full of shite food pardon the french then that isn't going to go very far. You know, you could get a pizza and then all of a sudden that takes half your calories for the day. It's not going to be the best way to use your calories. So the lower calories somebody's on, the higher quality food you need to pick. So fruit, vegetables, rice, you know, chicken, turkey, steak, mince, cod, tuna, natural good quality food. And of course, this isn't going to taste the same as a pizza. It's not going to taste the same as a burger and chips but we're eating for performance and energy. And what you'll tend to find is after even just one or two weeks of following a strict plan, your body will acclimatize to that new plan. And what you lack in taste and enjoyment, you will get ample amounts of energy. You'll be buzzing. Like I'm literally, you know, since the start of September, August was really relaxed with me from food. And I noticed the decline in my performance. Don't get me wrong, I didn't go mad, but I just drank alcohol a little bit more than I usually would. I had a few more processed foods than I usually would, a couple of holidays. And it's amazing how my mental health, my performance dipped, not to a bad standard, but to a much lower standard than what I'm used to. And then what, we're like 18 days into September, really good quality nutrition and I'm performing better than ever. I'm sleeping better than ever, which means I'm training harder, which means my physique's looking better, which means that, you know, I'm better for my kids. I'm better for my clients. Like freaking heck, everything in my life is so much better since I've just been eating really good quality food. So that's my stance on nutrition. And then just some extras that I want to quickly run through. Obviously, we know that the training and nutrition are key parts of the puzzle. But when we look at it, realistically, you know, the nutrition and training can all be covered in about three to four hours a week. What's going to allow us to do that in the first place? And this is what I believe a lot of coaches miss. A lot of coaches will focus on the training and nutrition and say, go away and follow this plan. But somebody's not going to be able to train or follow the nutrition if they're tired, if they're stressed. You know, if you're sleeping less than six hours a night consistently, you're going to have blood sugar fluctuations. You're going to be craving sugar. You're going to be more emotionally volatile. You're not going to then be waking up and going to the gym in the morning. So there's a couple of things that I want to look at which allow you to thrive. The first thing is sleep. And I'm not going to talk about sleep too much because I did a podcast. I think it's episode two um, or episode three of the Modern Day Leader podcast where I talk about sleep tips. But sleep is going to make a massive difference to your performance, to your energy, to the foods that you crave. So if you've not already, please go back and listen to one of the first episodes where I talk about sleep. The second thing is putting boundaries in place. In this day and age, we are connected to our phones. I could go on my phone now and I might have 20 to 25 messages. I might have 30 to 50 emails. I've not looked at my emails this morning. I've woken up, I'm doing the podcast. I've, I've put in a time in my diary where I'm going to respond to messages. We've got to design our life. Otherwise, other people will design our life. There's always a message to get back to. There's always somebody's respond to. There's always a message on social media, whatever it be. So putting boundaries in place when you're working, when you're disconnecting from the world. For me, for example, at the minute, I don't check my phone from eight o'clock at night till eight o'clock in the morning. That means that eight until 10 at night, I can watch TV, I can read, I can have a bath, I can decompress, just switch off, journal, etc. And then it means that if I'm waking up at six in the morning, it's my opportunity to train, to read my book, to do my gratitude diary, to do my ice bath. So I finish the day 
working on myself and I start the day working on myself and then I plan in work activities I plan in rest as well when I'm going to have my lunch when I'm going to answer emails when I'm going to complete client plans when I'm going to do my podcast so we've got to put boundaries in place and sometimes those boundaries will be broken like I'm not saying that we've got to be perfect but again if 80% of the time you're sticking to those boundaries what's your energy you become the master of your own shit the master of your own destiny as opposed to other people saying I need this from you I need that from you and then all of a sudden you become this reactive mess and the only person that suffers is yourself. We've also got to look at like making tweaks to the plan. You know, I've given you like a general guide, a general principle, but a lot of the times you will need to make tweaks to your training plan throughout. You'll need to make tweaks to your nutrition. Once you've dropped your first three to five kilos, you might need to reduce calories or you might you might even get away with slightly more calories at certain stage. So you will need to make tweaks to the plan. And this is where a good coach comes in. And this is why I don't just do one-off plans anymore because you're taking a client through a journey and throughout that 90 days different things can happen social events can come up stress can come up different things can come up and my job as a coach is to support somebody through those challenges that stop them from following the training nutrition and build this stuff that we're talking about into the plan third thing is stress management again which comes down to are you sleeping well are you looking after yourself are you eating well are you drinking enough water are you putting boundaries in place like i've said which is going to help you we don't want to get rid of stress everybody thinks stress is this bad thing we're not trying to get rid of stress completely but what we're trying to do is keep the stress under control and not let it get to a a, a tipping point. Imagine a bucket, right? And you're filling it full of water. Everybody's got a certain capacity of stress and water that they can store in the bucket. Some people's capacity is bigger because they're just naturally maybe a bit more resilient. Other people, they've built the bucket up. You know, somebody like myself, my bucket 10 years ago was very, very small. I couldn't handle what I handle today. But over time, I've learned to build a bigger bucket so I can handle more. But still, there's a limit to how much I can handle based on where I'm at now. So as soon as that bucket starts to get full and starts to overspill, that's when it has an impact on everything. So we've got to look at not getting rid of stress, but how do we manage stress? How do we check in with ourselves? How do we create that self-awareness where we know, right, sleep has been off the last couple of days. My I have been worried about certain things at work. I have felt anxious. My nutrition has slipped a little bit last couple of days. We've got to get good at auto-regulating, getting back on the track. It's not about staying on the track and being perfect. We all get derailed, but how quickly can we get back on track and how quickly do we develop that awareness of like, right, this is what's gone off and then how do I get myself back into a good place? The other thing is personal development. My last podcast before this, episode six, was about 10 books that changed my life. So again, if you've not listened to that, I'd recommend going back to that. But I find that the clients that get the best results and the thing that's really underpinned my success isn't just the training and nutrition, it's the mindset stuff that I've done over the last 15 years. The hundreds of books that I've read, the hundreds of podcasts that I've listened to. Last year, I read 75 books on personal development psychology. I listened to over 300 podcasts. Like It's all that kind of stuff that has allowed me to acquire the knowledge that I've got now, which has allowed me to help change my life and therefore I pass on, I pay it forward to clients. Like that personal development, understanding yourself, what drives you, your values, understanding how your mind works is going to be the key to your success. You can follow the best training plan in the world, the best nutrition plan in the world, but if you're not looking after yourself, if you're not growing mentally, there's going to be so many challenges that you're going to face along the way. So I know that was a bit of a long one today, guys. That's the longest podcast that I've done today but just wanted to try and cram in a lot of information. And I appreciate sometimes these podcasts, you might come away thinking, geez, like 
that's really overwhelming. I, I don't remember all those things that Nick said. And a couple of things on that. One is you could just take a notepad, re-listen to the podcast. But the other thing is we don't, everybody that's listening to this podcast will be at different stages in the journey. Some people will know this stuff because they're clients. They've been through this journey or they've been training years. For other people, this might be completely new. Like, oh, I've never really thought about stress management or setting boundaries or sleep. All I've ever focused on is, you know, trying to create a calorie deficit and doing some weights in the gym. That's totally cool. You will pick up different parts depending on where you're at in your journey. But even if you just take one to three things from each podcast and start to apply it, that will start to compound and have a massive effect. I had a message the other day from somebody on Instagram saying that they listened to my sleep podcast and they said just by cutting out caffeine after 12 o'clock, they'd noticed that their sleep had improved significantly. That was like the, pretty much the only thing that they took away from that podcast, but it had a profound impact on their sleep. And then because they sleep better, that means that their whole life is going to be so much better. So just take what resonates with you. Take as much or as little as you need. And by all means, if you've got a question or something stands out, drop me a message. Any Anybody that has reached out to me, you know, whether it's clients that I'm working with now, or people that I speak to on Instagram, you will always get a response from me um, because... I love helping people. You know, this is the reason why I started the Modern Day Leader podcast. It was simply just to share what I know. And if it's helping, if somebody's out there right now walking to work or sat at home um, chilling or driving in a car somewhere and listening to this podcast, and there's one thing today that I've shared that's going to help you on your own journey, that makes me a happy man. So as always, guys, thanks so much for listening. Any questions, drop me a message. My email is nick at lepfitness.co.uk. Instagram, you just type in LEP Fitness or Nick Screeton and you'll be able to find me. Like I said, my inbox is always open. Um, and also, I'm going to be, I'm not at the minute currently taking on any clients at this moment in time, but the next week I'm going to be creating an opportunity for guys to work with me between now and Christmas. So really excited to announce what's going to happen. I'm going to try and keep it kind of secret and on the lowdown, but stay tuned. I'm going to be announcing that on Instagram later this week. So yeah, hope that's all good, guys. And as always, drop me a message if there's anything that you need.